Welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions episode 16. Woo! <laughs> this, this is amazing, Kat, actually. So episode 16 means we've been doing this every week for four months consecutively. So high five. Yes. <laughs> so today uh, we're talking about protection and boundaries. This is something that we've alluded to and and discussed a little bit in many past episodes. But uh, well, first of all, to introduce ourselves, I'm Michelle Hawk. I'm here with my dear shaman sister Catherine Bird, and this is our offering to you of our live panel discussion, shaman sister sessions. For years, you know, as long as we've known each other, we've delved deep into what is shamanism? What is spirituality? What are we experiencing in our personal and professional practices? We have gained so much from our discussions with each other and delving into these questions, sharing stories about our experiences, working with clients. And just recently, we decided to make it public because we thought other people could learn some things too. So this is what Kat and I have been talking about for years now. And thank you so much for joining us and, and sitting in with us as we discuss protection and boundaries today. So Kat, how are you doing? I know you're excited about your ceremony that you're participating in tonight. Amazing. Yes, I'm going to be leaving here to uh, help to assist in a ceremony tonight for some very interesting uh, people working with the Maori people. Um, mm -hmm. And it's going to be just uh, so much fun. There's, there's so much going on. It feels like so much expansion. Uh, I know in my life and then talking to other people in their lives as well. Uh, so much, I'm, I'm doing so much facilitation on mediumship and uh, channeling of all different kinds of beings and working with healers and uh, my light warrior mentorship just started up and I'm super excited about that and all the amazing people that I have participating in that. And, uh, yeah, there's so much going on. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blown away. I was going to say overwhelmed, but I don't feel overwhelmed. I just feel mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I'm feeling some of that too. And from discussions with other people in our line of work, it seems to be a theme where there's a lot of energy pouring through right now. It's like everybody woke up from hibernation with a bang and jumped right into it. So uh, I just finished this past weekend, actually, I taught the first ever class days one and two of my new illumination Reiki program, yeah. which is, I'm so excited about it. This has been years in the making, years and years of my work combined with my mother's work since she and I teach our classes together and creating this curriculum from scratch to teach people how to do what I do, how to do what we do. And so it, you know, I, I was working this whole past month, I was working 60 plus hours a week preparing for this curriculum and it, it was amazing. So I'm also not quite overwhelmed, but definitely pouring through a lot of energy and practicing the deep self-care in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, happy for you, Michelle. Thank you. Likewise, I'm so excited for your new program launching. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you still accepting people out of curiosity? Uh, yes, I am. Yes. Cool. Uh, okay. We just had an introductory call and we're going to actually be fully getting started this month. Nice. Okay. So viewers, if any of you feel called to join, sounds like there's still an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I got a couple spots. Yay. So protection and boundaries. This is mega important. I say now more than ever, but I think that's, I mean, always now more than ever. <laughs> always now. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And this is something that comes up. I don't know, Michelle, I think it probably comes up in almost every single uh, client session and especially uh, in mentorship working with, I, you know, both of us, we work with a lot of, of healers and uh, practitioners and protection and boundaries is something that we all have to look at no matter if we're in the healing arts or not but especially for those that are called into healing really looking at protection and boundaries is is vital and we can have uh, things kind of go askew in our lives when we haven't paid attention to this topic. So this is a really important one and uh, really kind of stretches through 
uh, a lot of the topics that we've discussed here on Shaman Sister Sessions, going back through the the topics on discernment and um, self-care and lots of, of things are sort of tied to this topic of boundaries and protection. So. so this would be a good opportunity. Some of these are going to come up in our discussion today. And if you missed those previous episodes, we absolutely invite you to go back on our YouTube channel and check them out because they will inform our discussion today. Yeah. So protection and boundaries looks very different for different people. And Kat, you were mentioning uh, particularly practitioners, psychics, empaths, healers, or maybe even people who aren't practitioners, but who are still very highly sensitive people who are, have a different awareness of energy than might, you know, a normal citizen who isn't necessarily in tune with this. And I'm sure some of our viewers can relate, uh, you know, very briefly before I really delved into my practice of protection and boundaries and knowing what energies were, there were times when it was really hard for me to be out in public. I couldn't go to Costco or, you know, I would be in a crowded place and feel a wash in everybody's stuff. And it wasn't until I learned how to have protection and boundaries that I became comfortable and totally confident being in these energetically tumultuous places without feeling as though I was going bananas. Right, for sure. For me too, as well, going through my awakening, I did spend um, a good period of time where I, it was very difficult to go out in public, to go to parties, to uh, do, you know, I had a really hard time doing anything where you had to touch, like touch people or hold hands or anything like that. It was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, mm -hmm. And it was that there's so much information coming in. And for I've my clients, I've seen a lot of people who come in with sort of this you know, a system that is working in this particular kind of way where there's a lot of information coming in and coming in from all directions and it can get really confusing uh, emotionally, uh, physically, spiritually, energetically, all of these aspects of self are being uh, affected by what is outside of us that can be affecting us when we haven't really looked at our boundaries and our protection. Totally. Boundaries are the way in which we can still perceive that information. You know, when, when we're talking about boundaries, we're not talking about shutting things out to the extent that you won't notice them. We're talking about creating a, a semi-permeable filter, for example, where you will still be able to perceive these energies and information. You'll still be able to have that connection, but it's not going to affect your system. That's why healthy boundaries are a really good thing. And I do have to have this discussion with some of my clients, my students, Kat, I'm sure you do too, or people who I'm working with who are asking about uh, boundaries in relationship, where we're talking about keeping your energy separate and safe. And people love, we talked about shamanic relationship last week, right? Part of which is boundaries. We love to merge our energies together. People in relationship, it's, you know, it feels so juicy. It feels, you know, really connected and wonderful. And if we're doing it without proper boundaries in place, it can feel really uncomfortable and ultimately be in the unhealthy spectrum of boundaries. So having boundaries, even in our relationship, you know, even with psychic stuff, you'll still be psychic if you have your boundaries in place. You'll still get the information. It just won't knock you over backwards. Yeah, I think that's really important because uh, I think that a lot of times people are afraid that if I have good boundaries, that somehow I'm not going to be as an effective of a healer. I'm not going to feel enough to be able to, to, to like know what it is to do next. I'm uh, not going to be as sensitive. I'm not going to be as, uh, you know, empathic to other people's experiences. And I think it's really important to reiterate that that is not true. That just as you said, this semi-permeable uh, filter, it's, you know, it, it's like having this membrane and being able to feel really safe inside of our system and in control that as mediums and, and psychics and healers and, and even just sensitive, normal, run of the day, whatever, people, um, 
we need to exercise a certain amount of control over our energetic and emotional experiences or else the tendency is to allow so much in that we become really confused and overwhelmed, exhausted, and we can't really keep up with the quantity of information that's coming in. And I believe that at this time, as we are witnessing this rising of consciousness, um, you know, we're talking about there's lots of shifts going on with, uh, you know, solar flares and the Earth's vibration actually shifting. That when we're just, I'm going to just be open. And a lot of times when we start to open and we go, oh, I'm open and I want to have an open heart and I want to be open for everyone and I want to heal the world and I want to be available for all people in all places and all times. Um, we can open up our systems to the point where it's detrimental on our daily life and we're not actually being of the highest service that we could be if we just kind of enacted a, a bit of a better boundary and, and protective system. Absolutely. Having boundaries does not make you less compassionate. It does not mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't love the person or the people. It doesn't mean that you don't want to help. It means that you are empowering yourself to take care of yourself so that ultimately you are supporting your highest and greatest good, your health and happiness, which puts you in a better position to then be able to support other people and society in the collective health and happiness of all. So our, part of what we're talking about today is reframing the boundaries as very good and healthy. <laughs> Very necessary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why do we, why else do we need boundaries, Michelle? We, we, we're talking about um, actually being a more, uh, more effective practitioner, mm -hmm. a more effective kind of human being, uh, working through lots of, you know, coming in contact with lots of different people, being able to go out in public more easily and be in mm -hmm. social situations more easily, um, being able to have, uh, healthier relationships in yeah. aspects of life. I think also an, an important component of boundaries involves knowing who you are. And this is simultaneously a function of boundaries, but also a reason to have them. When we become awash in other people's energies, we it's a little bit easier for us to lose a part of ourselves or for us to forget who we are or to... Uh, to separate ourselves from a core facet of our gifts or our identities. And uh, in our last episode, when we were speaking about shamanic relationship, I mentioned an abusive relationship that I had several years ago. That was a relationship in which I had very poor boundaries. So that was a, a wonderful teaching for me in, in terms of how am I allowing this person, how am I creating this situation where this person can do these things to me and I'm letting it happen. I'm, you know, staying in it because I had poor boundaries. One of the ways in which that manifested was that while I was with that person, while I was actually physically with him, as soon as I would leave and go somewhere else, I, I would be okay. I wasn't psychic when I was with that person. My gifts shut off because I was so awash in his energy. I was allowing his energy to come into my field in a, an unhealthy way and it affected my ability to have my connection with spirit. And I noticed this. This is the thing. I noticed this while I was with him. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Whenever I'm with this person, I don't feel psychic. And then as soon as I leave, I'm psychic again. And it, you know, it tells you how deep I was in it, that it took me a second to put those things together. But, you know, of course, hindsight is perfect. And I was able to chalk it up to, oh, this was another way in which my boundaries, my poor boundaries were affecting me in that I was disconnected from my gifts, disconnected from a part of who I am. So having our boundaries, another really important to have, or another important reason to establish and cultivate healthy boundaries is to honor who we are, keep our energies alive in us and really nurture the flame of who are you as a divine embodied being, this individual perfect facet of the infinite. Yeah, and just as in, we, we talked in our episode on, upon um, discernment, is that often we are really shown 
these places where we lack boundaries and some in some relationship or other whether it's with a client or a friend or a family member in some kind of way a, a lover that we're shown where our boundaries are not really up to snuff in a way to teach us how to uh, live more in alignment with our own sovereignty and, uh, and that blossoms into every area of our life into all of our other relationships as well so sometimes we get bashed really hard by this boundary issue and we feel we feel horrible we feel like oh my gosh i'm a horrible person right i'm sure you know just admitting like oh i was in an abusive relationship that is a really big deal because usually when we have that kind of experience we're like oh i'm bad i i should have mm -hmm. known better i shouldn't you know uh, oh i shouldn't have let that person treat me that way i shouldn't have taken on their emotions i shouldn't have taken on their energy i shouldn't have taken on their story and we kind of beat ourselves about the head around it instead of just seeing it as this another beautiful lesson where we get to step up and step into more of ourselves and more self-love and how to really take care of ourselves in a different kind of way. Absolutely. And the lessons that we can learn from that and owning it also contribute to our ability to maintain healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. As a result of that relationship, you can bet that my boundaries are very different now from how they were. And yet I'm still learning. I'm still practicing. And we'll get into this a little bit later. You know, I've got a, a, an interesting story to inform some of our later discussion about functions and means through which we enact our boundaries. Uh, but it is an ever evolving process. Absolutely. And the more that we can claim it, the more that we can say, okay, yes, I love myself enough to enact these healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean I love this other person or this other situation any less it's a means by which i can be my best self and support my highest and greatest good and the more we can do that the easier it will be for us to move our energies in a really healthy way in the world and that's what we need personally and that's what society needs is for everyone to be at their a game health and happiness separate and safe absolutely yeah. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about the characteristics and the functions of boundaries and totally let's let's dive into into boundaryville mm -hmm. and, um, you know one of the things that we have to look at when we start looking at our boundaries and and we are here to encourage all of us Michelle and I and every one of you uh, to start to really analyze and look at our boundaries at our different relationships in all aspects of life and where we come from is a really important piece to start to inform where our boundary system is right now and how it was developed how it was formed um, you know we learn boundaries boundaries is a learned uh, aspect of being we learn either to have very healthy boundaries or boundaries that maybe aren't so healthy so mm -hmm. Um, and also, this is a skill that we can learn at any time. So please, you know, as we're, we're going to delve a little bit into family and childhood stuff and school, because that's where boundaries start. And if through the course of our conversation, you're looking at your childhood, or, you know, maybe you knew this about yourself already, please don't take it as the thing of, I will never have healthy boundaries. It just means that, okay, you get to take all the learning from that and come into new growth of skill now in your adult life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So when we're kids, one of the things that uh, child development experts uh, say is that boundaries are really important for children, that when a child knows sort of what to expect and when to expect it, and it's regular and consistent, consistent and uh, they can count on something being there and uh, you know know that they have boundaries that they have an ability to say no and have their no be heard that they have a right to privacy to alone time to a, their own opinion all of these things start to build a healthy boundary system Mm -hmm. But in a lot of our lives, we didn't really have access to that. Maybe we grew up in a home that was either very constrictive, very, um, you know, uh, strict, 
and you do what I say, when I say it, how I say it, and there is no talking back. There is no room for your emotional experience. There's no room for your opinion. Um, and this is the way things are in this house because I say so. When we come from that, uh, from that kind of, of upbringing, or we come from a home, you know, there are homes where it's, it's not okay to lock the door. It's not okay to shut the door. It's not okay to enact your personal boundary of your room. Your room is not your room. It is my room and I let you live in it. Um, you know, these things can affect how we feel about our own boundary system. Mm -hmm. Conversely, not having any boundaries, you know, having just fend for yourself, figure it out and, you know, whatever kind of whatever is okay. Right. There is no bedtime. There is no meal time. There are no expectations. Mm -hmm. um, that is also really confusing to children as far as what are boundaries and, and what does that look like mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So these uh, these childhood boundaries and these formative years especially play a huge role in determining how do we enact healthy structures in our adult lives. For those of us who had uh, some of the experience around you're not allowed to close the door or lock the door and this is this, the boundaries that I am creating for you to, to your small child, then we might have the experience of, oh, I don't, I don't set my boundaries. Someone else sets my boundaries. And then it becomes easier for someone to walk all over you. You see, or as opposed to the, you know, run around and do whatever you want childhood, then there's, uh, you know, not understanding of, oh, it is a, a healthy, good, loving practice in order to establish boundaries for myself. Or maybe you did learn to establish boundaries for yourself, but they might or might not be very healthy. So there's these, these ways that that can, yeah. And playing into that is we also sometimes we have to really look at, do we respect other people's boundaries? You know, how good are we with other people's boundaries? Do we run over other people's boundaries, whether that's in personal relationship or in professional relationships? Sometimes we're pushing our agenda on someone to the point where we're, we're pushing through a, a boundary maybe that they have uh, for themselves, mm -hmm. which can get us in a lot of trouble. Absolutely. So yeah. How we, how we feel about our own boundaries is often an indicator of how we treat other people's boundaries. Mm -hmm. If you love and respect your own boundaries, you are a thousand times more likely to love and respect other people's boundaries and vice versa. So our boundary system can also be broken through traumatic events as well. So sexual abuse or rape, um, neglect, uh, being in an abusive relationship, which can happen to anyone, mm -hmm. uh, that can really kind of break down our boundary system and we have to really reorient ourselves and come back to center and start to rebuild a healthy relationship to our boundaries. Even things like um, having a, an extreme illness and having to be in the hospital and being, you know, not able to really have control of your own body and having poked and prodded and things done to you uh, can also sort of break a little bit your boundary system so that it just doesn't feel like it's okay for me to say no or it doesn't feel like it's okay for me it's not safe for me to stand up for myself in a certain kind of way um, another one is that a lot of us especially as healers we have uh, oftentimes parents who maybe are coming from a you know a mentally unstable or ill space or an emotionally unstable ill space and we are used to sort of having a very uh, fluid boundaryless experience with them and taking on their stuff kind of trying to heal them through our our bodies and our systems and that can also cause uh, drains and energy and uh, setting up, you know, poor boundaries with other people later in life. Yeah. And so some signs of unhealthy boundaries and examples of unhealthy boundaries, Kat, you listed some, I would say, more extreme, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more, you know, where when we have unhealthy boundaries, we are much more likely to, uh, to be on the receiving end of some personal trauma, you know, as I was in that case with with my abusive relationship. It's a great example. It keeps coming up. And, uh, and yet 
so often it's much more of the what are we tolerating in our lives? And so this is my invitation to you, our viewers, what are you tolerating in your lives right now in terms of infringement upon your boundaries? There are, it's so easy, I would say, it's much easier to pin wounding upon a significant trauma, where if someone has a, a violent experience or a traumatic experience or an accident or something, and we're, and this is what I found in my healing sessions with my clients, when there's something really big and traumatic, it's easy to say, oh, okay, this is the source of that wounding. And it's almost easier to heal from that, as opposed to the death by a thousand cuts, where there are all these little tiny, tiny, tiny micro invasions or, you know, medium invasions of our boundaries that are harder to identify harder to put our finger on, and yet they're just as wounding, just as traumatic, if not more so, because they are harder to identify, because they speak to perhaps how are we living in the world? How are we living in society? What is so much bigger and beyond us? Does it seem, and especially as women, a really good example of this is the, um, the microaggression of, uh, of rape culture, right? You know, walking down the street and being whistled at, called, cat called at, those are infringements upon boundaries if we want to establish our boundaries and, and not receive that. And it can also at times almost seem overwhelming of how can I enact my boundaries on a whole society full of people who are not educated about rape culture, who are perpetuating this infringement upon the boundaries. So the micro ones can also almost be more damaging. Yeah, that's really important, Michelle. And mm -hmm. I found that as well. Um, you know, those are almost the ones that we don't want to look at in, in a lot of ways because they do feel kind of overwhelming. We're like, oh, wow, it's everywhere. It's this insidious experience of my life. Uh, you know, it's happening at work and it's happening. It happened at school. It happens um, in so many places. And, you know, we're almost taught in this society not to have good boundaries. I mean, we definitely are honestly taught in society not to have good boundaries, you know, and I think especially as women, we're taught not to have good boundaries to just, oh, that's how boys are and just put up and shut up and, um, you know, just deal with it. Don't be a crybaby and don't ask for what you need and, you know, just kind of deal with what's there. Um, you know, our, I, the school system, I know when I was in school seemed so ridiculously horrible in its, uh, uh, you know, not acknowledging boundaries of children. And I think it's probably even worse now of, you know, really just kind of forcing people into a certain system that maybe doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. And so we stop listening, we stop listening to ourselves. And that listening piece is really important. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about more about that as we start looking at um, how do we enact better boundaries. Right. I will say regarding the, you know, addressing rape culture, right, and all of its insidious ways in which it manifests, we're not saying that in order to have good boundaries, you have to call out every single dude who cat calls you on the street. Sometimes that doesn't feel safe. Sometimes you're just not interested in validating that or wasting your time. And as we get in a little bit more into the energetic versus or in conjunction with physical boundaries, that's an example where a physical boundary would be to say out loud, you know, draw the line. No, that's not okay. The energetic boundary is still a way that you can protect yourself. We're talking about protection here where you can shield yourself energetically and be really, really solid in your own self. And you might find that when that is the case, either if that happens, it's going to bother you less or B, it happens less. That's something that I've noticed is when my energetic boundaries are rock solid, really, really strong, people don't mess with me in the same kind of way. Or if I'm feeling vulnerable, and I, I remember one time I was walking to my acupuncture appointment, I was having a really hard day, I was um, moving through a lot of energy, moving through a lot of trauma. And I was walking downtown. I got so many cat calls. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? But the thing that was different was my energetic boundaries were not in place to deflect that. So Absolutely. that when we, when we listen to interviews of abusers and rapists and, uh, attackers 
Mm -hmm. they consistently say that they can go into a bar or walk down the street and they can pick the person who's going to be their victim really easily based on energetics. And um, when our, our energetic boundary system is really strong, I feel like mine is really strong. I have rarely have problems with this kind of stuff, but I meet people where it is all of the time and I don't see them as being, you know, that much more, you know, beautiful or that much more, we may be like weak or looking or anything like that. It's just the way that we carry ourselves within our energetic uh, boundaries and our protective system speaks to the world in a very clear way, just as in um, a, uh, a lion or a, you know, a, a carnivorous animal is going to pick the, out of the herd, they're very specific who they're picking out of the herd. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so, so are the, the people who are out there looking for people to abuse. Yes. And we're talking about a, I would say a more extreme example of this here. Most people are not out looking for their next victim. And yet the things that we're talking about can be applied to any situation. Think about other examples in which people are likely to cross your boundaries. Perhaps in the workplace, mm -hmm. you have a coworker who likes to dump extra work on you or who likes to just make your life a little bit challenging or, you know, maybe they're not even intending to cause harm and yet they are continuing to cross your boundaries. The more solid your energetic protection is there, the less likely they are to come and mess with you. Same thing applies in all situations. So please keep that in mind as we keep going. Mm -hmm. So as we look at um, these different kinds of boundaries, uh, I want to just kind of touch on, we've talked about energetic, physical, um, boundaries and maybe can we explore a little bit around like the differences of these things and how they also feed each other, how they're all connected, energetic, uh, spiritual boundaries, how these things are all, they're all correlative and they're all, uh, relating to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, one of the examples I gave with energetic and physical boundaries was the difference between having your energies in place versus actively saying to someone, stop it. Don't cross that boundary. Um, they're both important They're I would say they work in different levels of subtlety. Uh, the, the physical boundaries I have found are necessary to enact in a little bit more of the extreme cases where you're telling someone, do not speak to me that way or do not speak to me um, or creating a whatever physical earth-based boundary you need in order to feel safe. The thing that comes before that though is the energetic boundaries. When we have our energetic protection really well in place, it is often less likely that we'll have to enact a physical boundary. When our energetic boundaries are rock solid, it's usually the physical boundaries just fall into place. Sometimes though, um, what I have noticed is if there's a place where my energetic boundaries are weak and either it's an emotionally charged issue or it's something that I, I feel conflicted about, I need to enact a physical boundary in order to support creating the energetic boundary. And I do have an example of that actually. Yeah. The... Um, with my most recent breakup, uh, a man who I care about deeply still, and still I'm very optimistic about being friends with him, uh, you know, really wonderful person, no hard feelings there. I didn't give myself much time or any time actually at all between breakup and trying to be friends. And I was so excited about, okay, well, we still get to be in each other's lives, still feel a great closeness there. Both of us, you know, feel great closeness and intimacy there. And yet there was this muddy feeling of, okay, we're moving from being in relationship to not being in relationship anymore, but still have that intimacy. There were not clear energetic boundaries. I was trying to muddle my way through it. Actually, both of us were trying to muddle our way through this, trying to have a clear energetic boundary, but not really understanding where that was. So eventually, actually, I had to ask, please do not contact me. I'm going to set up a physical boundary 
in order to support having an energetic boundary, which ultimately will support my health and happiness, his health and happiness, and the health and well-being of whatever friendship we decide to cultivate moving forward. So it was very hard for me to do that, to ask for some space, because I do care about this person deeply. It doesn't mean that I love him any less. It doesn't mean that I'm any less interested in having him in my life as a friend. It just means that right now I'm having a challenging time for myself drawing the energetic line. So I need some extra support with that, with a physical line to really create some space so that we can reapproach this later with a fresh understanding rather than mucking our way through, uh, through confusing energetic boundaries. Yeah, that's beautiful, Michelle. Mm -hmm. um, the other boundaries that I want to just touch on before we jump into, because we're, wow, we're, it's so late. We started a little late today. <laughs> before we jump into tools and, and how do we do this stuff is spiritual boundaries. And um, I know, Michelle, that you do a lot of uh, spiritual work with people. You do very deep shamanic work and working with beings and guides and entities, all kinds of things that come up in your sessions and in your personal life. And, uh, you know, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and I know that you, it's come up for you, too, is, uh, when I start interacting with the spiritual realms, maybe I'm seeing beings or guides, I'm hearing voices, I'm, uh, you know, just feeling like there's something present. When I go into meditation, there's, there's someone there. Uh, when I'm working on someone, I'm feeling or seeing, sensing um, something there and being, I'm, there's, there's these spiritual uh, questions around how do I know if I'm safe and protected and how do I know uh, what my my boundaries are in that experience? So can we can yeah. talk a little bit about that, Michelle? Totally. Uh, I think this question comes up a lot, like you were saying, in terms of the intuitive stuff, the channeling work especially. People ask this about channeling because if you're inviting another energy into your being, there have to be boundaries there. Absolutely. The... I, the biggest piece of advice, you know, as, as we're talking about tools, we're transitioning into tools for working with boundaries. The best advice I have is grounding because the more solid you are in yourself and your own energies, the easier it will be for you to hold a container where it is safe, where you can keep your energies separate and where something is not going to walk all over you. I have my, my rules for channeling, so to speak, and my personal practices for channeling, if I'm feeling ungrounded, I don't channel. I don't open up my container. And I would say for the most part, I do a really good job of keeping myself grounded. So it's very rare that I have to self-impose that, that boundary. That would be an example of me discerning that my energetic boundaries feel a little bit leaky right now. So I'm going to place a physical boundary and not open up my channel. Here I am, you know, physically boundary creating so that I don't even step into that space. And that's a means of self-care. But if, when my grounding is really good, when I'm like, okay, I'm rock solid, I'm present in my body, I am aware of my, my space, I feel really good in how I am living in the world, then yes, I can do the very high vibration work, but it comes from having a really good foundation. Right. And I think that comes back to, as most of the things that we talk about in this program, when we whittle it down to how do we navigate these experiences and these things that are happening to us, is this cultivation of self-awareness. When we're very aware of what our, what our energetic system feels like on a healthy, vibrant, vibratory day-to-day uh, -day, uh, place, when we can track ourselves really well, when uh, we have this level, high level of self-awareness that we're cultivating through our personal practices and our meditations and our mindfulness, then when something comes into our field, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't, if it can't touch our heart, if it, if it doesn't feel if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel like something that we want to interact with, we don't have to. Just because something shows up for us 
in, in, in the work and whatever we're doing or in life, it does not mean that we have to interact with it. It does not mean we have to be a medium for it. It does not mean we have to give it a voice. We have the choice to choose that. And that is an important piece of enacting spiritual boundaries. Kat, you're touching upon sovereignty, which is, I would say, probably the other fundamental component. So grounding and sovereignty and choosing, do I want to interact with this energy or not? You're absolutely right. Sovereignty is, is the I am. Like you were saying, knowing what is my energy, what is not my energy? What am I allowing into my field? What am I not allowing into my field? We're allowed to say no. Earth is a free will planet. Even if a guide is smacking you over the head with a piece of information, you can always put up your boundary and say, mm, no thanks. Exactly. And stating, you know, I am a huge proponent of actively stating out of the mouth what our intentions and our realities that we're creating are. So I am a sovereign being. No one is allowed to come inside of this body form without my express permission. You know, when uh, being very clear about when I'm working, when I'm available, open for, the, for healing and channeling, and when I'm not, I'm not available right now, I'm not available, I'm sleeping, I'm resting, I'm eating, I'm, I'm watching a movie, like I am not available right now, thank you very much, I will come back to you later, I will be available and I'll let you know when I'm available for this kind of work again. That's hugely important. And I'm Kat, I'm sure you speak about this with your clients too, or people who are saying, oh yeah, I was up all night with spirit channeling in my ear and I couldn't sleep. Set a boundary. Say, and I've had to do this with, um, a, you know, with guides. I have some really, huh? So many times. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I have some really bossy crystals too. That's another thing is I have, you know, these beautiful stones. I have an amazing collection of really wonderful, powerful stones, some of whom like to talk at night and they keep me up. And with one of them in particular, the first night I brought it home and I had it in my room and I was sleeping, I didn't sleep at all because it was talking, talking, talking all night. So the next morning I told it, I said, look, if you want to be here, if you want to be in my energetic field, your job is to help me sleep. And we can talk in, in normal working hours in the day. So for the next two nights after that, I had the most amazing dreams full of crystal palaces and crystal temples. It was giving me crystal dreams, helping me sleep. But that was me setting a boundary with a bossy stone. You can do the same thing with guides. You do the same thing with information that's coming through. Do the same thing also. I know we have many practitioners who watch this with your clients. Setting boundaries with your clients is a really, really good thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you know, some of your clients are gonna have great boundary systems and some of them are not. And they're going to, you know, really push you in certain areas and you get to decide what is, what is right and what is wrong for you in your heart. And that comes back to that awareness of self, what is true to you, that I'm going to be true to what it is that I'm doing and if if it's not if it's not in alignment with that then I'm going to enact a boundary mm -hmm. and um and, and do some work there yeah I would say also the clients who push our boundaries in that way usually don't have healthy boundaries themselves mm -hmm. so it's a very loving thing actually for you to then model healthy boundaries with them in your work with them so that they can have a healthy role model for reflecting, okay, this is what is appropriate in this working relationship. This is what's not appropriate in this working relationship. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I want to just touch on quickly is in the same realm of the self-awareness is really becoming more and more aware of the way that your energy system processes, the way that you process energy. And a lot of us, I mean, we're, we're here as these mystics and healers and we're awakening and we weren't given a guidebook. As children, it would have been really helpful for a lot of us to be drawn to the side and said, hey, you're doing something interesting. Let me help you figure out how to do this in the most healthy way possible for you. So a lot of us have worked out how to process energy. Sometimes we're processing uh, spirits. Sometimes we're processing low vibrational energies, uh, you know, and we're doing alchemical processes through our physical body. Um, I've met people who do this uh, through their digestive system and they 
are never hungry and they always have poor digestion or in some other area of their body they've sort of picked somehow you know through their own you know in childhood this is just what happened um you know this area of the body where it's like a portal of healing where now they're processing other people's energy or spiritual energy from from beings uh, through their body system and it becomes really exhausting because everything's happening through the system and through the body instead of actually where it can happen in front of the body uh, by opening a portal someplace else uh, through through nature through the earth through a tree through the ocean someplace that really calls to you to be able to start to shift some of the work that you're doing inside of your body to outside of your body Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a very open, you could say maybe a very open chakra system where uh, lots of stuff is coming in all of the time. And these people are usually suffer quite a bit from just always kind of distracted and ungrounded and unfocused and can't really get a lot of stuff done, uh, exhausted on a regular basis. So what I want to encourage is that if your system is working a certain way, you can retrain it to start to work in a different way. And it's not going to take away the effectiveness of the work that you're doing. It's important to ask for help from your guides or from physical teachers on this plane of maybe what's going on, like starting to go, okay, what is the self-awareness? What's going on? How am I actually processing energy? What am I doing when I'm doing this healing work? Because a lot of us start getting into healing work. We don't even know how we're doing it. We just know it's good. So what am I doing in this healing work? How am I processing energy? And what is a more effective way for me to do this? Please train me and teach me in the way that I'm going to be able to do this work in a way that's going to be really sustainable for my physical body system. And then as you're going through that process, just knowing that it's probably going to be a little clunky at first. It might kind of feel a little haywire as you, as you're figuring it out and it's reorganizing itself. It might be like, Oh, I'm, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm learning how to ride a bike again. I've been riding a bike my whole life and now I'm doing it in a totally different way. So sometimes there's a little bit of a squiggly space where we're starting to learn a new way of, of moving and processing and alchemizing uh, than we've learned before. And I promise that what happens is we actually gain more strength and surety within our system because now we don't have just one option of the way that we work. We actually have other ways that we can work, and especially if we're working with very ill people or you know, doing earth-based stuff and we're working with polluted areas and stuff like that, maybe stuff that you don't really want right in your body. Uh, it can be super helpful for the work that maybe you're being called into. Absolutely. That's amazing. And you know, what a, a wealth of information right there that I feel like we could make at least a couple <laughs> of episodes about. Uh, I will also add uh, something that I do and Kat, I know you do this too. This is a, a slightly more advanced technique of moving energy in, in a very healthy way. You were listing, you know, moving energy in front of your body, outside of your body, using a tree, using nature portals, using guides, etc. There is a way to still process energy through your body, but have it not stick. And that's the, the aspect of the hollow bone. And this is something that I do, and, um, and Kat, I've seen you do this too, where you're still moving energy through your body, processing it through your body, because sometimes it needs to be moved through a physical container. There are some clients who I work on who I need to translate something into the physical plane, either channeling from spirit into the physical plane into them or channeling it out of the physical plane through me. But I do it in such a way where I am the hollow container, nothing sticks, it's still going through a physical translation and yet it does so in a super clean way. And I only do that because I know that I have rock solid boundaries. I only work on those people when I feel really grounded, when I know that I am perfectly capable of holding those boundaries from myself. Because if I don't, then I feel it. I get sick. I take on whatever it is. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a way it's a little bit more advanced, you know, maybe like don't try that right away. If you're if you don't know what that means or talk to us, that would be something that we could talk to us and we'll help you uh, figure this one out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I want to talk just for a second on um, 
you know, how do we, we have um, these, these things when maybe we are doing work that maybe goes through our body or, um, uh, you know, whatever it is, even before or after. So I am, am very uh, committed to, and, you know, I teach in my healer's process course about physical practices that help us to cleanse and purify these energies out of our inside of our body, on top of our body, our auric field, which is our little egg around our body, and cleaning that stuff up on a regular basis before and after clients uh, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, uh, so that we're do using tapping and uh, breathing really deep breaths and really deep breaths out, getting all the air out of the lungs, moving the energy down the arms and the hands, pulling energy off of the spine and the head, um, moving off of the pulling energy, pulling information off of the third eye that might be sort of clouding it's too much stuff here, um, starting to really uh, shift and move the energy off of the field and to start to collect the energy from the earth, drawing the energy up from the earth on that inhale breath, and then using that energy, collecting it in the hands and using that to cleanse and purify our auric field in every direction, going through looking for any attachments, any cords, any, uh, anything that's embedded, any weak spots, and sort of shoring up the system, shoring up this boundary bubble that we're living in, and then using light color, using gold, using pink to infiltrate this bubble that we're in, and using that as a protective system that's still malleable, stuff still coming in and out, but uh, it is, it is, we're starting to build strength and we really need that. We're dealing with a lot of intense things out there and people are, are really awakening quickly and needing to move through great trauma. Uh, and so we really need to be uh, cleansing ourselves on a regular basis and, and fortifying our own system to be able to do this kind of work on a healthy way. Mm -hmm. That's a, a very beautiful example of energetic maintenance right, is what do we do consistently to help ensure that we have really good protection, that we have really good boundaries. Another piece of energetic maintenance that I would say, we talked about sovereignty and grounding a little bit already, but the more you know who you are and you live in your truth, the less you will have to do any dramatic clearing methods. And, you know, I'm still a huge proponent of clearing. Absolutely. And yet there's something about, you know, there are a whole bunch of sayings about, you know, the master doesn't even need to clear the room. They just walk into it and it is cleared. Right. And when you, you're in a dark room, you turn on the light and all is illuminated. You don't even, you don't have to swoosh away the darkness. You just turn on the light. Same thing with your boundaries. When you are illuminated, when you are lit up, I know who I am. I am a sovereign being. I am a divine embodied being. I am, I am, I am, I am that I am. Automatically, your protection is a thousandfold. It's a thousand times better than it would be if you didn't know who you are. And you're, you know, it's, and I say this because a lot of people are still, we're coming into discovery of who we are. And, you know, what does it mean to live our truth? You can still protect yourself through these means of the clearing, through these wonderful practices, through smudging yourself, through affirmations, etc. And the more that you can be rock solid, centered in yourself, grounded in your truth, expressing of your divine nature who you are, the easier it will be and the more effortless second nature it will be to have your external boundaries perfectly in place with without even trying so that's my my best recommendation is be who you are yeah absolutely michelle but i think that they go hand in hand i think that they help to solidify e, uh each other i think that you know when we come from a place where we've just been kind of taking on other people's stuff and other people's belief systems and emotional realities that sometimes we're super clouded we're super cloudy and we can't we can't really stand in this is my truth this is who i am i am a sovereign being it takes us a bit to get there and so by doing all of these things and all of the, the the practices that we're doing around affirmations and cleansing and and really you know healthily eating and taking care of ourselves we're we're sort of 
you know, they're going in alignment that as you do those things, the awareness of self and this solidity of self is every single day increasing more and more and more. Yes, totally. And those practices then become a function of I am, I am, I am, I am. Because it feels so good. And I don't think that, I think that what we want to, um, I think that where we want to hit is that those practices and doing those things are not coming from a place of fear and I'm not enough and I'm not safe and I'm not protected because when we come from that place, like that's what we're creating. We are coming from a place of pure sovereignty. I am fully protected. I am fully guided. I know that that's true. And I'm doing these practices as a beautiful expression of that truth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Boundaries. It's not because the world is an unsafe place. It's because I love myself enough to do the, these practices for me in order to hold my own energy. I keep my energy separate and safe and it's a very loving, empowering act. Yes. To do so. Absolutely. Love that Michelle. And you know, that, that goes on a, the physical plane and, and with emotions and in the, in the spiritual realm as well. Uh, because we, uh, I know both uh, you and I are, we're really advocates for people not being afraid of, uh, of their gifts and their skills and, and going into things that maybe other people aren't willing to go into and uh, not living in a fear-based uh, reality. Absolutely. I know we're, I think we might be running a little bit over. There was one thing that I was interested in addressing in terms of working with your boundaries and other people's boundaries, again, because other people will not have the same boundaries that you do. I would say especially, this is especially the case for all of us who are very sensitive people, probably those of us who are practitioners, those are of us who are professional healers, psychics, mediums, etc. We, I would say it's fairly safe to say that people who are doing energy work have a higher standard of energetic boundaries, meaning like this is where my boundaries have to be in order for me to feel safe because I need to protect myself. I need to make sure that my energies are separate and safe. Other people will not have those same boundaries. So how do we then interact with those people and have healthy boundaries when interacting with those people? We might have to have our boundaries wired a little bit differently depending on who we're pulling into our spheres. You know, Kat, I know, for example, you, you and I are so close and you have impeccable energetic boundaries. I don't really feel the need to put up boundaries in the same way with you as I would with somebody else, because I know your boundaries are rock solid. I know you're not letting in anything that doesn't belong. And I mean, I have my own personal boundaries in place anyway. So it's kind of a default of I am protected as opposed to other people in my life who are still close with me. But, um, like my father, for example, we were talking about shamanic relationship last week. I have to have different boundaries with my father than I do with anybody else because his boundaries are almost non-existent. And so it's only, it's not only what are my base level boundaries, but what are my extra boundaries because he's very close to me because he's a person with whom I have a lot of interaction I need to, because he's that close in my energy field, I need to have an extra layer when it comes to having him in my life that I wouldn't if I had less contact with him. I think that's really important, Michelle. And mm -hmm. uh, as I said earlier, that a lot of healers have a parent or parents or siblings, someone who really does force them to learn this kind of boundary. Um, and I think that, that, you know, they are one of the reasons is that they are there to help us to really realize these things and start to create this new system of being, um, to help us in our work. I think that we, you know, we're in, intelligently designing this thing. Um, you know, I know that for me, I have a, a very, very um, deep relationship with my mother, and she's had mental health issues at, at times in her life. And, uh, you know, at, at different times in my life, I would completely just merge with her where we would have a phone call and she would call and she would be upset and she would cry, she would, something was going wrong. And I would be knocked out of, of commission sometimes for a couple of days. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was crying. It was just so upsetting to me. 
And, um, you know, it took so many years of working on boundaries and working on boundaries and working on boundaries to do it in a way that's super loving and joy filled. And so it's like, if she calls and she's having a bad day, it's like, well, okay, that's okay. I hear you. And I love you. And I love you so much. And I know right now you're having a hard time and, and, you know, how can I show up for you in this moment and not to take it on as my thing and trying to fix it, which is what I always tried to do before. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, uh, as we start to enact better boundaries with people, especially people that we've been in long-term relationships with, sometimes they will freak out when we start enacting boundaries with them and they will push so hard against us. And we're like, Oh, it's impossible. I should just give in. Um, but from my personal experience, what I've witnessed is the more that we have this stronger internal boundary system and the more that we just stand for what's true for us and, and take care of ourselves, that, um, that the other person will respond positively over time. They really will not like it at first. And sometimes, you know, there can be really bad experiences that can happen where, you know, somebody... Want, you know, wants to get back at you because you enacted a boundary and um, that's not comfortable and it's, it's not easy. And, um, but uh, it is, it is a, a learning point for each one of us, for whatever the relationships that are called into your life to start to learn how to enact healthy boundaries in ways where the truth of your being is being expressed and you can still be in compassion and kindness and presence for whoever it is that's that's in your life and that you're having this relationship with. That's very beautiful. And I know you've experienced that with your mother. You're talking about having merging with her energy, but I know that's something you've worked really hard on is having those healthy boundaries and you've seen it shift your relationship. I have. I think we have a, a healthier, more uh, productive, loving relationship than we have, um, you know, since I was probably young before I left the house, uh, because it's it's just there's more there's more clarity and I'm able to just say, I need to get off the phone right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is what I need from you. And she's really there for me when I'm, when I, I have things come up and I need, I need some support and love. She's always there for me. And, um, I can start to see this as a really adult and healthy relationship instead of one where we're like having an healthy merge and, you know, I've seen this happen in my relationships, uh, my, my romantic relationships as well, where I get to have that lesson again and go, oh, but this is where I don't enact my boundary very well. And this is where I do this thing. And this is where I do this. And I get to work on it. And I just have a lot of gratitude for being able to uh, work on these things because they make me a better practitioner. They make me a better friend. They make me a better daughter and a better partner for sure. That's wonderful. Yeah, the all of what we're talking about here today, we gave you a lot of different examples, boundaries and protection in romantic relationships, in uh, working relationships, in familial relationships, in society, boundaries as, in regards to our spiritual practice, our energetic practice, um, and you know, so many more. We can talk about this for a long time, and you know, Kat, we've. Uh, got things that we talked about in our whenever you know for our viewers we chat a little bit before we go into an episode and we say okay yeah these are some things we like to talk about we didn't even touch upon some of the things on this list here and so there's so much more it is so important this is a vital vital component to not only how can we support ourselves in our health and well-being and happiness but how can we then bring that same vibration, bring those lessons, bring those learnings to create healthy structures, healthy, balanced, boundaried, protected structures on the familial and societal levels too. Mm -hmm. So please viewers consider everything that we've talked about here today in light of how can you support yourself and your boundaries and then, you know, extrapolate that out to how can I then model healthy boundaries and enact healthy boundaries in the way that I'm living in the world in order to support the kind of changes that I want to see. Yes. And mm -hmm. if uh, you have more questions about this, if you want to talk about this, uh, I want some help with some of these things that are coming up in your life or practice, 
you can always reach out to us, shamansistersessions at gmail.com or through our Facebook page, Shaman Sister Sessions. We, both Michelle and I, and together we have programs uh, with helping people with these scary things. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to give a quick note to next week, next Tuesday at noon, we are going to have our first guest on Shaman Sister Sessions, and we are so lucky to have the amazing and magical Kai Carroll, who is uh, just honestly just like a spiritual genius in a lot of ways, who's been studying uh, spirituality, religion, um, shamanism for so long. He started his path and his devotion to God when he was eight years old and uh, has been deep in many lineages of study and his wealth of knowledge and what he's bringing to the table is quite profound and I'm just such an honor to know, know Kai and to work with him and to have him on the show and I'm sure that he's going to bring some some brilliant illuminations next week so we hope to see you then. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, please do feel free to reach out. Kat and I are happy, uh, happy to help uh, and work with you for how can you come into solid boundary for practice for yourself. So until next time, thank you so much and many blessings. Many blessings. Bye. Bye, Kat. Bye.